0: really need to change the uh, that intro because there's like seven seconds of just black screen and music. I need to remove that and fade out the music so it's not a hard break, but they don't pay me for this. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Teams Friday. Some other people, I think Jimmy Vaughn's going to join us. He's still wrapping up from selling Teams Rooms. With us is the greatness that is Brian Wofford. Brian and I go back. Uh, it's been six, almost seven years now, Brian. Does it seem like that much? It's been longer than that, ma'am. No, because I, I... No, it's six and a half years. Because you were the first assignment when I joined Microsoft Consulting Services was Wells mm-hmm. Fargo. Mm-hmm. And your last week at Wells Fargo was my first week at Wells Fargo.
1: So it's been... just like a, a quick years overlap years. and then...
0: Yeah, you were like, "You're they're putting Tressler on this account." Pfft, I, I, who who wants me? Microsoft, fine, and you left. It's,
1: it's a timing. It's a timing game, but no, it's, it's it was a fun fun engagement for sure.
0: Yeah. So, um, who are you, Brian Wofford? Are you, why are you are you on the show? Other than I asked you to be.
1: Uh, so I'm I'm a principal program manager for Fast track. And um, so I'm, I'm happy to be here and answer questions, talk through some of the things that we do. Um, happy to be part of the program. Be invited when, when did this you day.
0: become a principal program manager? That's like important.
1: Uh, September.
0: What's the difference September? between a principal program manager and a regular program manager?
1: It's just, it's part of the, uh, no. our, growth, our growth program in inside Microsoft. So it's just, as you're going through the process and um, learning and growing and, um, helping others grow and all that good stuff. It's just part of the part of the cycle, part of the career cycle.
0: So, what are you responsible for as principal program manager, Fast Track, yep. Microsoft? Yep.
1: So my my world sits within the team space. Um, I've been in Teams since oh man, link twenty ten days, OCSR two, um, so way back and uh or I, I when i joined microsoft i was in um in the delivery team for fast track so i did a lot of the work around uh skype and and helping customers move from skype to teams uh skype online to teams over the past several years and then uh now focused in a lot on the um on the phone side of the house like helping customers to get phone uh phones enabled and, and using your know, calling plans or operator connect or direct routing and all those things so um my my role um, in fast track is basically I'm I'm helping to put together the content and things that we deliver to our customers to help them get enabled,
0: help them go so through what, that process. So what is a fast track? Like how what what do you do? How do I get engaged with fast track?
1: So it's uh, fasttrack.microsoft.com is the is the quickest way um, into fast track, and um, you can go in and do a request for assistance. And um, it, basically, your office license determines your eligibility for fast track. And uh, we'll assign a team to you, and then we start working through with you to understand what you want to do and fast track. um, Our our whole mantra is uh, we are an enablement organization, so we're helping customers to enable their their licenses um, that they've purchased for in three sixty five, and that could be Exchange, it can be SharePoint, it can be Intune, it can be Viva, um, it can be Teams, like any of those any of those aspects that are in that license. That's what we help with.
0: yeah, and as a customer, how much am I paying you? Like, is it hourly? Is it part of it's, my uh, contract? It's,
1: it's part of the license, so it's included. As it's included as part of your license purchase, so you can go in and um, just go in and ask for ask for assistance and and work with our team to go through again whatever whatever you need help enabling. That's where we that's where we come into the mix. And I'll, I'll,
0: So what I'm hearing is is like like Teams, it's free. No, it's 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 free. I mean, yeah, Teams I mean, was just added as a feature. I mean, it was just, <laughs> right? Hey, here's Office you get the teams now yeah free <laughs> yeah and I, and i think a lot of it for us
1: is the um again it's it's helping it's helping customers go through that you know sometimes when you're start especially when you're starting to think about phone um phone can be complex especially if you've not done anything in the phone arena before and so a lot of what we're doing is helping customers understand you know, this is how I did it in my legacy, you know, telephony platform. This is how I do it in Teams. Or, you know, maybe they need help with setting up, um, you know, dial plans, or how do I acquire a number? How do I port a number? You know, uh, what are the things that I need to think uh, that, that I think of in terms of those arenas? So that's that's the big piece of it is um, helping customers get the guidance that they need to to turn up what they what they need to. Well, they, hey, we're Jimmy. trying to figure out their, their, their uh, final
2: states. Hi,
0: hi, Jimmy. You, you joined us.
2: Hey guys. Yeah. And Brian, you were talking about phones. I get the question all the time in in regards to Teams rooms. How do I get a phone number into Teams rooms? How do I do this? I mean, it's a common thing. And and while you think that, oh, well, I know how to do things. All right. Well, how do you get your PBX that Mm -hmm. you had on on, on on-prem or something that was legacy or something like that? How do I get that into the Microsoft world and how do I actually do things? So it's, it's, while it seems like a simple thing, Brian, you know, and I know it can get complex very, very quickly, and it can yep. get rather complicated to actually uh, uh, dissect exactly what needs to be done. But that's where you guys really come in as yep. the experts and can say, "Hey, we've been through this before. We've been through this I don't know, a whole bunch of times. We, if you have a problem, we've probably seen it
1: before." <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and a lot of it for us is again, it's, it's guidance, right? So we're we're basically we're we're teaching companies how what to think about. What are the what are the main right. questions? What are the gotchas? you know what have we learned as we've done this over you know the past you know 6 years now um, from a fast track standpoint and we do the same things when we when we start thinking about um uh you know rooms and ro- team's room systems and and going through that process as well like it, it's really as i said you've got a lot of customers that come in and and, and in many cases they're they are already very well-versed in, in telephony. They've been in the telephony's field for, you know, years and years and years, like uh, most of us, at least on this call, right? Um, and so sometimes it, it's really just the question of, okay, well, you know, here's how I did this in, in the old way, and, and how do I do this over here? Or what are the things I need to think about? Like, we have um, a lot, a lot of conversations with customers around networking, right? Because networking's key, and, and especially in, the, in, in any UC platform, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, Teams or otherwise, but Um, A lot of our conversations are really getting into that and making sure that people understand, like you, you've got to pay attention to your network. Um, You've got to think through that. Like you can't just go flip a switch and go, okay, I'm going to go do some teams calls. Um, And even more so when you start turning up, you know, telephony, right. Where it's going to be a way for your customers to reach you and interact with you and, you know, get services from you, et cetera. It becomes even more critical. Um, So we go through a lot of those conversations and a lot of the, really the groundwork and, and kind of thinking through what are the things that you need to do? Um, what are the things that are necessary to get up and running uh, in order to make sure that you're going to have a successful rollout? Um, and then just answering questions. Like like I said, sometimes it's, it's um, sometimes they're simple. Sometimes we've seen it. Sometimes it's, you know, it's complex and we've got to kind of work through it with them. Um, hey,
0: so, Jimmy, so, Jimmy, you mentioned people ask Teams Rooms how to add phones. So,
2: somebody should do a video on that. Somebody should do a video on that, right? <laughs> But, but Brian, you, you actually spoke about networking and everything else i 'm actually dealing with some uh, some issues right now because networking is key, and um, one of the customers that, that i 've had discussions with lately they came from that link to skype to to now teams uh, mm-hmm. uh, world but they 've still got exchange on prem and they 've got some some legacy hardware that 's there and understanding the networking and the auto discovery that used to happen versus the audio discovery that 's happening now a lot of people don 't go back. And look at you know we talk about dNS and we talk about mm-hmm. um, settings that might actually be your auto discovery settings if you didn't go back and you didn't actually clean those out, right your networking may actually be pointing yep. at different places and sometimes and it's the most struggling thing like like you said because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, right. and then you go in and you, you you've got to uncover all these things and you know back in the days of link and and uh, and and that it was much easier right. because there was there was less to sort of Troubleshoot. now we 're getting into the world of like I said, you know unless you 've gone back and cleaned that up, you may actually have dNS entries internal to your organization that actually say link discovered dot so and so dot so and so that you yep. don 't even know about right and it 's and it's resolving to an address that has been decommissioned
1: <laughs> right. Well, and I think, I think some of it, I mean, a lot of our conversations, we deal with obviously, you know, global companies and, and we talk about, um, how do you get, it's, it's the, what is the fastest, cleanest path, you know, to them, to your tenant from, from your on-prem environment. And many times we're having conversations around local DNS. And like, yeah. if you've got, you've got customers that are in the States and maybe you've got folks that are in, in, uh, you know, EMEA or APJ or wherever that might be in the world, if they're all resolving to the state's DNS, and you're gonna you're gonna get routed the long way, right? You're not gonna make, you're not gonna get to that local um, that local hop and get that really good experience. So many times, those are the type of things that we go through is 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 really understanding, you know how how how's your environment set up, and then you know here here's the key things that you need to think about. Um, same thing happens in in the in the world of policies, right? You know, there's a ton of teams policies
0: out there.
2: I see. Um, I see our friends. We've got uh, Brandon and Lars from Poly, and that's one of the things that we discuss. Um, all the time, Michael. You know this. We get on. The, we got on with the policies. We get on with the, the the OEMs specifically, like Poly, and we say, "All right, how are you guys dealing with?" They are like our number one uh, uh, issue that comes into our call centers is conditional access and policies and all these things that mm-hmm. sort of work on how do I get devices into this system and uh, and so on. Yeah, yeah. No, the,
1: the the policy question, like we go through that a lot. We go through a lot of questions around, um, you know, how do I retain. Uh, you know, chats and and how do I think about recording, or if I'm going to do things with call recorder, or you know, how does that work? But those are all questions that we answer, and we kind of go through and again provide that guidance on it. And it's it's you kind of a one stop shop of you know if you're stuck, um, you know, come and get one of our one of our teammates on there and let's talk through it so we can figure out and see what the answer might be for you.
0: But back to that network, yeah, back to that networking talk. That's why um, when I put the Teams Rooms Windows training together, module two is networking. Like before yeah. we even talk about resource accounts and what a <laughs> yeah, right. center room console is and, and optimizing the audio in a conference room, module two. Because if your network's screwed, it doesn't matter how awesome you design the hardware, the, <laughs> right. your, your meeting's going to be trash. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You, could have, yeah. you, know, you could have bought a $10,000 camera or put a Brio on the wall. It won't matter right so that 's why that 's why we did that the other thing that 's been warming my heart lately on reddit i know'm i 'm waiting into a bit of a cesspool there, but <laughs> it, the reddit teams channel there have been a couple of teams rooms uh, questions uh, comments the comments last couple of days, and people who i don 't know maybe I know them in real life i don't i haven 't tracked down who they are on reddit they're con- they 're they're just hitting the mantra, so the message is getting through. put them on a separate vlan don 't domain join them. Don't do this. Just keep your hands off and go. Because people are asking questions like, can I use LAPS, which is what local admin password, whatever, mm-hmm. the automatic mm-hmm. password change? The answer is yes. But the real question is why? Like, why are you doing that? And I right. get it. Maybe admin password. can I, I or should I, Michael? That's right. the question. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure, Brian, you get hit up with those all the time. Not necessarily on Teams Rooms. you are more on the Teams phone side. But it's yeah. like, we have all these policies that block this and block that. And you're like... That's how you used to do it in the good old days, right?
1: Yeah, and and like I said again, it's it's the it's that guidance conversation. It's just it's understanding what's out there. Many times it is helping people understand how to find the things that they didn't know that they needed. Right? You don't know until you don't until you know. Right? So right. some of it is if you're coming in, you know, to the team's environment or phone environment, even rooms environments, and you've not experienced any of that you don't know what to go search for, right? You're, you're, and, and so sometimes that's a lot of, when we get on calls, that's a lot of the help that we're providing is, oh, this is your question? Here's all the articles that kind of you know, walk through that. And, and really, not only being able to give them content you know, coming out of our engineering team, but also being able to sometimes decipher or help to understand or, or demystify some of that of, okay, well, I've read this article. I don't know what that really means in my environment. And so our teams can kind of go through that, you know, help them kind of understand
0: that. So you said you're primarily enablement which is mm-hmm. you know I, I think on Teams rooms you would help people set up five Teams rooms or whatever and then after that they can go off how lar- how how far do you go in helping customers set up Teams phone
1: so phone for us, is it's, it's really in, in, until, they're, until they're good, to be super blunt. Like if they need help and they go through the process of, of getting phones set up, we go through and, and we work through a standard process of, you know, helping understand what their, um, you know, what their POC environment is going to look like, what their pilot environment is going to look like, um, and kind of thinking through that of um, you know, what are the things you need to do. And usually what ends up happening is that as we go through it, and, and again, I use the word guidance, we think of it as kind of you know, teaching people how to fish. And then you get to a point where you go, okay, I I understand enough about what I need to do. I'm I'm good. I'm going to go off and do this on my own, um, or I'm going to you know bring somebody in to do it for me if I don't want to fish. Um, but fast track's there. I mean, if it's and what we do typically see is that customers will get started. We're heavily involved in in uh, you know onset of of helping to under you know, as I said earlier, understanding policies, understanding how to you know how to configure things, understanding if I'm going to do number reporting. What is, what is all that going to look like? and then we're still there you know 6 months down the road when they say oh i've got a question they can they can come back and reengage and you know bring somebody else in um and uh bring up you know bring one of our teammates back in to kind of help with a, um you know maybe they got a one off question or something like that where they get you know a little further or you know if they're doing uh multiple sites with phone um most customers go site by site you know physical location by physical location and then um that might be a you know maybe you run into something you didn't expect at a site and you have a question about that we can be brought back in to help there as well so so
0: we're where where do you guys stop and when, at what point do you, I mean, are you providing tech support or at what point do you say call customer support services? Here's the 800 number. This is, this is beyond, you know, yes, beyond so it's, your it's, scope. yeah, it's
1: not tech support, right? So we're not tech support um in that regard. If, um, But we, I mean, our teams are going to try to, to help and go through the process. If we've seen it, again, a lot of what we're doing is it's, it's guidance, it's onboarding guidance to try to help to think through the things that need to be done. Um, Do we engage with, with helping customers troubleshoot things? absolutely right, uh, but there's also where we are connected you know if they've got um already got connections into support or things like that we, we will bring we can bring support in um, we can help with support sometimes it's um I've been on calls where we're helping support understand the environment because we've got a better picture you know versus you think about from the support standpoint, they get a ticket and they go oh i've got a, I'm, I'm solving this one problem. we can actually help provide you know commentary and color around that of saying, oh well, here's the environment, here's what they're trying to do. Um, And sometimes that's, um, you know, that's the benefit there that
0: you see. So I had some visibility into the, like, POC work you did with Teams Rooms. Mm -hmm. And I think there was, like, a massive discount on the hardware for the first five or whatever to – because you need the hardware to get going. Is there similar on Teams Phone, like – if I need to get some handsets, is there a discount? Are we getting some free yeah. ones? Or yeah, so, is so that, for us, it's just it's just an,
1: it's just the engagement for the guidance, um, and and just engaging with Fast Track to help understand, you know, what do you need to do to onboard? Um, what do you need to think through? So we're not going to go through and you know help you procure devices or help you go pick devices or headsets or anything like that. We're going to talk through the why, you know, why do you need a certified headset? You know, what what are the things you should be thinking about? But. Um, we're, you know, we're basically agnostic in terms of vendors. We don't think about, um, you know, we're not going to recommend one vendor over another. Um, we're providing the guidance of how to get up and running, you know, and and all the things that are around that.
0: And that same, not like, lack of, uh, direct guidance also applies to SBCs and and other telephony. Yep. So the the biggest thing for
1: us is that, um, we are a hands-off organization so we're not going to go you know jump on your SBC and config it for you um, we're not going to jump in your tenant and do the configs that you need to do what we're going to do is show you what needs to be done right and and sometimes in the SBC world that's even you know getting you through the um, you know the, the documents that are produced by our certified SBC vendors and and sometimes it's, it's understanding what those mean um, understanding what you need to do on the tenant side and and again like I said a lot of our a lot of our conversations and our focus is really around the the Preliminary pieces, like making sure networking's good, you know, making sure that you understand, you know, if I need to do things with, you know, guest access, for example, or I need to do things with policy, retention, or government's compliance, all of those things, um, we're talking through that with customers and helping them get that set up and get that running.
0: What is the percentage, roughly, if you're allowed to share, of customers that are asking for help with just Microsoft Calling, versus direct routing, versus Operator Connect?
1: I don't know that there's percentages I can share. Um, we see all of it. Um, so there is a, uh, I mean, across the board, there's customers that come in and, and they're doing, um, you know, calling. They're doing uh, Operator Connect. They're doing DR. Um, a lot of what I see is that customers, if they've already, um, they already have been established in the telephony space. And you think you know, typically larger customers are going to have some form of SBC already in play. They've already got some form of PBX in play. Um, and so DR is, is typically the, you know, where they're, where they're headed. Of, of around, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do um, to get this set up, to put teams in as an endpoint, or maybe I'm moving from, uh, you know, one platform to the other, you know, and I'm trying to move two two teams from uh, my existing, you know, PMOCO, uh, PBX, et cetera. And then there's other customers that that they're, you know, they're trying to move everything out of their data center, right? And they they don't want anything on-prem. And so, you know, maybe that's a, it's a hosted SBC model. Maybe it's, uh, they're moving to the calling plan. Maybe they've got an agreements with their carrier already and they're doing operator connect, um. So it really spans the gamut. There's not really a, you know, a, a more of one than the other that I see. Um, we help all of that, and so you know, we look at it as it, it's. It depends on what the customer's trying to accomplish, and those are the conversations that we have. Is you know, where where are you? Where are you trying to go? And then how can we help you get there?
0: And do you usually see a blend like? We're going to take a little bit of calling and operator connect, or we're going to do direct routing and operator connect, or you know, or is it is it are people coming to you primarily for the proof of concept? Like, let's just get one thing going, and then we'll worry about adding different connectivity options later. No,
1: it it really depends. I mean, a lot of customers, um, you know, obviously setting up calling is is the quickest and easiest, right? You know, because there's a handful of clicks. Operator connect is um, right there with it. To be quite frank, if you've already got the everything established, you've got a carrier. Um, but dr is the most complicated. Um, but at the same point, dr is also the one that a lot of folks, um, gravitate towards, because like I said, they've already got, they've already got SBCs on prem. They've already got, um, you know, some form of telephony established and they're, you know, they're just trying to, to see, you know, Hey, I want to move towards teams. I want to use teams for everything, um, you know, inbound calls and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's, I see it be across the board. Um, typically, you'll see customers come in if they're if they're starting to do you know trials or pilots. Then you know they typically lean towards calling, um, just because it's easier to start to play with. And then then you start to okay, well if I can do this in calling and I understand the concepts of you know Teams Phone, um, then now I can apply that to OC. I can apply that to DR. You know whatever wherever I need to go.
0: And the most important question is, what is your favorite Disney movie? Ooh, that's tough.
1: Um newer Disney movie? Well um any, any. Any Disney movie. Wow. That's a good question, Tressler.
0: What's it like what's DVD the D V D or the the video cassette you played out and had to buy again? What's the go to
1: Disney film? What's the go to Disney film for me? Yeah. It's probably Toy Story. Um yeah, cool. and, and and probably just because that when that was coming out, that was such a technological masterpiece, you know, even looking back you know, what they accomplished in that movie is mind-boggling. Uh, and, and it set the precedent for, you know, all the stuff that we see in the in the Pixar realm today, um, just because I'm a computer geek, you know. And, and I when I saw that, it was more of the, you know, I want the, the movies entertaining, first and foremost, right? But it's also understanding all the things that are happening behind the scenes to make that, you know, when you, when you start really crunching the, and if you've ever seen the spec sheets of the data that they were processing at the time, um it was unheard of um in the, you know the mid 90s um for for what they were accomplishing in terms of rendering um yeah that's probably that one and then um my my kids fan the gamut um my little one loves cars uh, all the cars movies doesn't matter which one of those there are uh, any of the planes movies all the pixar stuff but
0: the a planes movie okay why not <laughs> why not jimmy you got a go to disney great. movie
2: i i I don't have a go to Disney. When you said Disney movie, I was thinking Up. <laughs> yep. That's a, that's a solid film. Isn't Disney or DreamWorks where
1: no, the Disney, same. Or?
2: That's Disney Pixar. Is, right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of in, in the same world as the dog there, where squirrel. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Brian, have you met Jimmy? Jimmy, have you met Brian? <laughs> squirrel. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's that's the hundred percent of my day. Like. Yeah, you know, chasing whatever's the, whatever's the next new thing that we need to do.
0: Or, or I was further. just
2: answering email, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't so think gonna, that surprises anybody on here, so. I'm going
0: to go with uh, Tron. This is my favorite Disney movie.
1: Tron's email. your favorite.
2: Tron. Original Tron
1: or the, the reboot Tron?
0: Uh, the original Tron, but I did not hate the reboot. I, I kind of want another. No. I want a Tron 3. Tron 2 was, no. was a solid Daft Punk doing the soundtrack. I mean, come on.
1: Oh yeah, it was like the uh, you know crazy album of uh, you know all of them coming back and kind of coming back around. That's a great, that's a great album to work to. Um, yeah, just you know, right super right super good. Look, Martin, you want to put on a Pizza Planet shirt? <laughs> I had
2: one on. I had one on yesterday. I actually have a, a very similar Pizza Planet shirt. It it's a cute. bit creased. Uh, yeah, Pizza
3: Planet. You said yeah. Toy Story, so I was like, I got the T-shirt for
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the uh the, the running gag with with my team is that most of most of my t shirts um, are you know Disney geeky focused, um, and then it, for the run for the longest time we started having uh, you know teams backgrounds it, it became the game of can Brian match his background to his t shirt, and nice. that was like thirty something days straight of being able to find backgrounds that matched you know t shirts, and then it became the the Lego game like can you match your t shirt to your Lego set, and then that's a that's a fun game to play. But, so for
0: those, that, for those that don't know, Brian is an adamant, hardcore Disney fan to the point that he lives in South Carolina now, North South Carolina. Carolina, South, Carolina, South yep. Carolina, but is a Disney season pass holder. So for those who <laughs> don't know the US, what is that, like 500 miles, 400 miles? Uh, It's about 550 something. Yeah, so that's like 800 kilometers for the yeah, rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's a commitment. Most- that's, that's a solid day's drive and then go to the parks and then, then you got to drive home. It's about seven seven ish hours. It's not too bad. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's basically we've been we've been going um since I was little. Like my first time in Disney, I think I was three. Um and have been so many times. Like it's it's even harder. We we're we we're trying to my oldest was trying to figure out like how many times how many times have you been to Disney, Dad? And I was like, I don't even know. Like it's a lot. Like it's 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 bad enough that as people on my team start to plan Disney trips, I'm the first person that gets a phone call. And it's like the okay, what are all the things I need to do? um and we've had a couple of um well, we've been down there for conferences and we have like an extra day and you know we'll take a bunch of people to the park and so it's always the uh you know what do we need to do with uh you know how, how do we get around the park and you know and it, it's it's funny because it's 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 passive knowledge now i've done it so long that like you it's literally you walk in the park and go hey you know i want to where do i go to get a good hot dog and like well, you know, there's like three or four places we can go to, to get a good you know it's it's craziness but it's it's a lot of fun to take people to the park. And I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, you know, being a Disney fan is, is watching other people's reactions, you know, when they first come, like if they've not ever been, I love being able to go with somebody that's not, not been or not experienced, you know, even the new rides, you know, going in and, and just watching that. It's like that, that kid, you know, uh, mentality. Wow. You know, this is so magical and you know so amazing, but yeah, that's always right. fun. Then,
2: I'm going to say this. Do not expect Jimmy to go make a wardrobe change during this show. <laughs> I'm just going to let everybody know, Jimmy's in Wales today, so that's all that you get. <laughs> Wales. Wales I, you know, I appreciate that you guys have Disney. Like, I didn't even know we are supposed to bring bring Disney shirts to the Knicks. So this,
0: this happened at the comms V-next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My luggage got lost uh, between Chicago and Denver, so I, had, I ran to Walmart across the street at, like, nine at night just looking for a shirt that yep. fits me, and it's, like, all these, like, no, no, no. Toy Story, that works. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why I have the Check, one checkbox. That's yeah. fantastic. So I see there's a
1: question in the chat really quick yeah, on uh, qualifier for customer engagements. Um, so the, the big thing for us is if they've got um, – it's 150 licenses um, um, of their qualifying licenses. So if you go to FastTrack.Microsoft.com, you can go see what the qualifiers are. Um, from a phone standpoint, as long as they've got 150 uh, phone licenses, we'll get involved and start working through that with the customer. Um, 150 is kind of the, the the bottom end of that threshold, and then obviously we can we, we work with customers up in the you know, thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousand seats um, in terms of enablement. So it's a pretty low bar to get in, and then um, again going through the helps and going through the enablements and helping them go through that process of um, you know what do they need. And that's when we think about um, phone system license being the qualifier. That means. Calling, they can do calling. They can do OC. They can do DR. Like it does. There's not a there's not a minimum of anything else that they need um, other than that phone system uh, to get into the mix with us. That's a good question, Charles. Thank you.
0: By the way, Martin, hello. You joined us like 20 hey. minutes ago, and other than swapping shirts, <laughs> yeah, I jumped in. I jumped in. I was coming off another call and then uh,
3: jumped
1: in. So, yeah, his, hey, his, his, his shirt food was on on point. Um, so it is funny, Brandon put in the chat that, you know, the best project management job ever. hundred percent correct. Um, we had a, uh, I had a trip, uh, many, many years ago and I was trying to explain to my team. Um, I'm a big fan of power BI and data management, like data's data's king, right? When you start dealing with teams, you do a lot of stuff in CQD, um, and you do a lot of stuff in call quality dashboard and you're doing a lot of things in the power BI reports. And, and sometimes it was the, it's always for people that haven't dealt a lot with data. It can be overwhelming, right? And Power BI can be overwhelming. It's you know, like the first time. Imagine the first time you ever used Excel, right? You're like, oh wow, look what, what I do all this. You know, and then you then you start learning formulas. You're like, oh, I can do things. I can code in here. Um, Power BI is very similar. And uh, one of the funny things was is uh, we were sitting at a conference, and one of my colleagues um, decided they wanted to go to Disney with me. And I got this idea of, well, I'm teaching people constantly about Power BI. I need a, like a, a make it real story, right? Just showing people data about their network or about their team's devices. Uh, yeah. Is that interesting? Sure. You know, uh, and it, once you've seen it, cause you're, that's your, your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, so we actually, this day in the park, we went to four parks in one day, which is crazy. Um, we rode um, the criteria was, I want to ride every roller coaster in Disney in one day. And I was like, if anybody's going to pull this off, it's probably going to be me. So put your <laughs> sneakers on. Let's go for it. And as we're doing this, um, I'm tracking like wait times because I got this idea in my head. Well, this is probably pretty cool data. And I, there's a story here, right? So as we're going through the park, I built up, I built data and, you know, I'm putting things in Excel as I'm walking around on my phone. Like, you know, how long was I in line? What rides did we ride? You know, how long, when did we transition between parks? How, you know, th- those types of things. And then what ended up coming out of this is I took step data off of uh, you know a watch, and I took uh, distance data, and then I matched that up with the amount of time in the park, and I built a Power BI like that night um, to share to te- to the team the next day, and basically talk through, hey, here's Power BI, and here's how you know it useless data, right? I mean nobody cares how far Brian walked in Disney. I, I cared. It was a lot, <laughs>
0: but but I <it> <laughs> ten thousand steps. Yeah, you get to ten thousand steps by like breakfast,
1: you know. But but it was really cool because you can show like the facets of Power BI. I mean, I'll say, oh, I can click on you know a park and show me all the rides and how much time did I spend in that, how many miles did I walk in that, how many steps did I do in that park, um, and then same thing. So you can kind of slice and dice. So it's, it's a it's a cool teaching aid. Um, but that's another, you know, as, uh, Brandon was saying, like tying, tying Disney into project management, it a hundred percent is it's, it's, uh, I've always said like being a, being a PM, um, being able to PM at Disney is, is an art form (laughs) because there's so much, so much stuff going on.
0: I get there's things like time of day and whatever, but did you, and and you have a small sample set, but did you calculate wait time versus length of ride and see where the best value is? So if one roller coaster yeah. ride is two and a half minutes long, but the no. wait is, is, is four hours, is that worth the wait <laughs> yeah. versus one that is a minute long, but the wait was only fifteen minutes? No,
1: no, we didn't go to that. Jeez, we didn't man, go to that come mistake. on, listen on the on the next trip down, Trestle. You can go with me. We'll capture some more data. We try to get four parks in in one day. You know that's it, pure craziness. But no, we uh, like I said, it was just more of a. Um, trying to think about how to try how to how to make power bi fun for people that don't don't do data on their day-to-day basis and that was a really good stepping stone for that and it's i've used that data i can't tell you how many presentations now just you know hey this is stupid data that means nothing but it lets you show you know and it's the the thing i found with trainings and, and we do this in fast track too like a lot of it is it's a relatable experience right and so sometimes when well like even when you're engaging with our team it's the fact that we've already done this and we've, we've experienced a lot of interactions with customers and environments and questions and configs. And so some of that, it is, that's, that's what you're getting is that relatable experience of, of, you know, you're not just coming in with somebody that, that hasn't seen it or hasn't done it. Um, and I think, like I said, Power BI story is the same way.
0: So on a general team Z, how do you, how does fast tracks communicate with each other? So you have your group of teams, mm-hmm. phone, Apple P you know yep. experts and then you have the greater fast track so yep every group have a team is there one team and a bunch of channels how do you guys there's how, a, how do you figure figured out that yeah the there's a
1: there's a couple of ways so we um I'm in a ton of teams um you know but that, that's uh, isn't everybody nowadays um the way that we communicate we're in teams a lot um we're still in email um for some things we're in teams usually first um, in the fast track world, um, we have teams based off. There's a I mean, there's a formal fast track team that kind of has channels based off of workload. Um, so we would have a channel for, um, you know, for Intune. We have a channel for teams, We have a channel for SharePoint, et cetera. And um, that's where our our teams communicate broadly about things. And then we've also got teams that are um, so that's more of a, a public team, if you will, that you know, people can come in and join and ask questions in. And then each of the workload areas typically has their own team. Um, which is where we're, we're interacting with, uh, you know, teams engineering, um, is part of that team with us. Um, you know, fast track engineering is part of that team with, um, with us. And so there's a lot of things that we do, um, in that regard. It really depends, but it's also one of those where trying to make sure you're not, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts of, of, of being in so many teams at once. And so we've really settled on, we've got a couple of channels that all of our, um our, our folks follow, our team SMEs follow and are subscribed to. And then people are posting things in there and getting answers um you know through that. But yeah, teams is, teams is definitely in the forefront of, of all the stuff that we're doing. Look at that mute challenge. I knew, I knew eventually it would happen to you. I was Just
0: waiting, dude, dude, I, am, I am. Mute is not the only challenge <laughs> I face in life. You know what other challenge I face? I've never been to Disney. That's another challenge uh, I face in life. Never, never. I've been to Universal. I've been to Epcot. How do you go to Orlando and not be at Disney? <laughs> how do you live an hour? Like, I, I, Brian's like, how do you live an hour fifteen away and not go? I again? know. <laughs> I know. He's like the struggle. He, he drives. You know, he he drives an entire work day. Yeah. To just get to the park, and I mean, I could I could be there by uh, by lunch, by, by lunch today. Oh yeah, you could go yeah. to the park today if you wanted to. I could be I could do the uh, the app around the world drinking in like an hour and a half. I could already have the first beer in my hand.
2: I know every time I go to Orlando, you, you probably find me at least for one night at Disney Springs for dinner somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I have done Disney Springs. I met
0: uh, who was it? You right? You, Brian, you know us? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. took you over there. Yeah. I almost went there again, but um, my dad came to visit with my nephew, and we weren't going to fit Disney. And I, I want to take my first trip. Might be taking my whatever twelve year old nephew to Disney, yeah. but my dad has some, some serious knee pain, so he couldn't walk. So I was going to say, "Well, we won't have time for Disney. We won't have a day on our star <laughs> agenda. <laughs> we might be able to do Disney Springs." Yeah, but I mean, because it's... my dad, my dad's walking issues, we just I had to pass on that this time. Yeah. Well, they've got
1: um, they've got these little uh, ECVs, the electric vehicles. And so um, I've taken my parents a couple of times and they, they are, you know, they have challenges with long distances of walking and then they just get a little scooter and they scoot around the park all day. They had a great time Uh they were, we were there uh, May, I think with them. So it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a different, a different you know creature, but it's also one of those where, again, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little nostalgic. I've been there so many times that it's, it's kind of the going back with my parents was <laughs> like a cool. lot of
0: fun for me. Would you rather, would you rather spend time with your parents? Or Disney which one is more home
1: uh, parents are more home and if I can get parents in Disney it's like the best of both worlds
0: it's like yeah it's the greatest day great greatest day of your year
1: well, it works it works itself out well yeah but no it's uh it it's you know like I said there's always the options of, of how to how to have some mobility
0: so I've been doing a bunch of in- tune conditional access videos and, and learning on my own and you're Fast track and Team's phone, how often does that come up that people are like, Yeah, okay, I can call I can call from my desktop, but I can't sign in on these phones we just bought. Does that yeah. ever come up? Or is that uh or is that just made up stuff that Tracy and I are, are dealing with?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely comes up. There's lots of uh and, and a lot of the stuff, uh Tracy was part of Fast Track for a while and you know, instrumental in a lot of the things and, and the documentation and stuff that's out there around around those different scenarios. But yeah, no, we like I said, we see a lot of um a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different stuff that folks are, are working through.
0: So then, on the fast track side, you bring in a, an Intune person to help mm. break through that that stopper, that blocker. Yeah.
1: So we would go through. So we've got we've got uh, subject matter experts in in uh, multiple areas, and and typically when we get into that, it's a conversation with an Intune SME and a Teams SME, and, you know, and it's trying to figure out okay, what what are the pieces of where, um, you know, where what needs to be configured where to make everything work. That's definitely occurred, you know, or. Uh, We've been in calls like that.
0: I'm waiting if someone else has a question before I ask another silly nope. one.
3: You always ask the best questions, so.
0: Okay, so Brian, what's your <laughs> fa- what's your favorite Lego build?
1: Ooh. Um, favorite Lego build is probably the Batmobile.
0: nineteen eighty nine Batmobile. How big was that guy? Oh, hold on. Let me turn the cameras. Is
1: it gonna let me flip my camera to non blur? Easily here. Yeah, so so do, you
3: ha- do you have the Batmobile? Oh wow! Yeah, look at that Lego one there.
1: Uh, yeah, there's. Yeah, I have Lego problems, Martin. Um, so it's <laughs> yeah, it's, up at the, it's a good problem to have there, really. Yeah, it's up at the very top of the screen. Let me. Uh, I'll grab it. It's uh, oh, a. Yeah, it's it's
0: right right by the, the Ghostbusters mobile.
1: Yeah, the Ecto One. Ecto One. There, yeah. So see, this, this was a Whoa. massive build. So this thing is huge.
0: Um
1: and it's a it was a really, really cool build to do. Um I've gotten to the point with my my kids now enjoy Legos. And so a lot of times it's that they want to come down to help build or they wanna you know be involved in building. And it's just really do cool. You, hold, hold that do up you ever again. take, you. Hold, you ever take
3: it apart to do no. to build it again? No. No. One time build.
1: Once it's done, it's done and I'm a happy guy and um you know, then then we're we're set and usually it's it's trying to find you know what's the next build. Um, my wife has a hard fast rule of I'm not to, I'm not allowed to have more than like two unbuilt boxes at any given time it <laughs> seems fair you know no more. two active builds two Incredible. active builds at a time um but the the Batmobile was a um God, it was a multi-day um it was hours and hours and hours um it was it was difficult and um on the very top of the shelf right there is Voltron and mm-hmm. Voltron yeah. was a very hard build too cuz it's you you build each cat individually and then combine them all together to form Voltron. What
3: about Ecto 1?
1: Ecto 1 wasn't bad. Um, oh. Believe it or not. Uh, it's it's uh it's a it's a it was a fun build too. Lots of stickers. Um you know uh, <laughs> but a lot of the pieces were I think I think the batmobile was hard because almost every piece is black. And so like yeah. as you're hunting for pieces, like you you normally you like you divide things into piles you know like, and you figure out okay these are these colors and this is where this is it's like doing a puzzle. Um, with with the Batmobile, was like, whoa, all, all these are okay. All right, so we're just gonna go bag by bag and just lay them all out. And what I uh, typically do is, um, I'll put, I've got a you know, giant mouse pad, and I'll basically put a bag out on the mouse pad where I can see everything, and then you know work through that build, you know, one at a time. Um, and then obviously, like I said, getting to spend time with kids and getting them um interested in building and, and going through that, you know, I've always enjoyed it. It's it's a it's a stress reliever for me. Uh, some people are like, well, no, building Legos is frustrating. I'm like, eh, no, no. I mean, for me, it's just you know, you do it when Work on it while you're on a call, you know, putting a couple pieces together, paying attention, you know, whatever you need to do, and, and then, you know, also getting to spend time with the kids and having common interests, you know, that they right. enjoy building. The problem with my kids is that they build something, they go, well, can we play with this? Like, no.
0: <laughs> this is art. You don't play with art.
1: <laughs> it's not put together, it's going to the shelf, done.
3: It's not <laughs> a place. It is empty. It lives there and will not be moved.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's been many a times where uh, the the R2 build will um he'll mistakenly <laughs> like not be here. Like, "Where <laughs> where where is R2?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that one was fine. Uh the Wally build um that's right oh, here. Oh yeah, Wally. Yeah. That one's out of that one's out of It'll production now, so that was a that was another really cool build. Um no Eva.
3: No, Eva for Wally.
1: There's no Eva, but he does have a plant. Um so the oh. front of him, the front of him folds down, he has a little plant that fits inside the front of it, oh. uh in the front of him, which is really cool. That was a neat build. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I got Lego problems. And as I was saying at the start of the call, sometimes it's the, you know, can your t-shirt match your Lego set? And I can do that for, at least for a little
3: while.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Go through theirs, And then the, there's the Optimus Prime right here. That was one of the last ones too. That was that was a really fun build. Um, And then I had a friend, um, we actually had as part of our give campaign at Microsoft, um, we worked with, uh, there's a gentleman that has a replica Optimus Prime and we actually worked with him to bring that to the charlotte campus and okay. you were talking, you want to talk about a whole bunch of adults losing their minds yeah i didn't mean replica, like full size like it's full size 12. it is a giant full size truck like and it is massive it has, Oh, like it, a truck
0: like, like actual drives an actual oh, semi
1: oh wow okay um, yeah actual semi um, but it's really, really, it was really cool to do because it, he does a, um, he does an anti-bullying campaign. And so that's his, you know, one of the things that he did and he built it because, um, he wanted to show, you know, his, his, uh, son and brother and, and friends like that, that, you know, he was bullied a lot when he was little. And he's like, I've always wanted to build this to show that you know, Optimus Prime, you know, represents <laughs> the, you know, the good. And so he sure. built this giant, giant tra- 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 transfer truck. It is amazing, um, uh, to see. Oh, and then we've got, a a lot of the folks in, um, the charlotte office they also all have autobots and so you know, you've got people that have these and um one of the ladies that i work with has an Ironhide, which is a giant giant beast of a truck um and so they came for this give event and it was really really cool you know to get to go and see and kind of walk around and and, uh, and do that but um always you know always the transformers and stuff like that but that yeah so where i was going is that is that on this shelf right here is a 3d printed allspark um that i got at that um at that event there's a lady that showed up and she's like i'm making these and i was like i i didn't know that i needed that <laughs> <laughs> i totally need one. i don't have one of those <laughs> you know so anyway like,
0: like customers on fast track they don't know what they what they, they what they, oh, don't, they know, don't know they you didn't know was a thing and now i now i need that i need, yep. I need an old spa now three d yeah. printed old
3: spa.
1: yeah it's pretty cool um they went through the mm-hmm. I mean, went through the whole process it's it's weighted so it weighs. I mean, it probably weighs about three or four pounds. Like it's got a, a <laughs> basically like a weight inside it that's built in in the middle of it. Um, no. Really, really well done. But yeah, I
3: expect the old spot to be heavy, not light.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that was there. But like I said, it's one of those where you know they they they're like, "Have you seen one of these?" And I picked. I was like, "How much is this?" <laughs> really? Like any one of these it was the same thing with uh, going to going to Disney and and doing the lightsaber stuff. Like you don't know that as an adult you need a lightsaber until you go build your own lightsaber and then.
0: Well, at Comsverse, there was lightsaber training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, training. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Yep. So, yeah, Brian, we... anything we missed about Fast Track?
1: I don't think I don't so. Think you um, like I said, you, I mean, you guys have um, – you got contacts through this group. I appreciate you having me on and, and kind of talking through it. FastTrack.Microsoft.com is the is the main entry point. Um, and then, um, like I said, anything in the N365 world, you know, uh, from licensing standpoint, that we can we can help with and go through.
0: And coming up in your life, you're running a marathon at Disney? Half
1: marathon, uh, weekend after Wait.
3: next. Yeah, uh, Martin, uh,
0: Martin just uh, ran the uh, London Marathon. Oh, yeah? Did, yeah, last time, last time I was
3: on Team Friday, which was just before, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I did London. So, I did see someone said, hey, so I went to Disneyland Paris after or before. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, "Hey, there's marathons at Disney." I was like,
1: "Yes, let's go." And then I was like, "Sold out, sold out, sold out, sold, sold out, out, sold out, sold out." Yeah, I've got to it's, do one of those. So, I dude, it is it is so much fun. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. So a lot of it for me is um. So I've got a, a the half is uh, it's called the wine and dine, and so you basically any of the Disney runs, you're um you're running through the parks before the parks open and behind the scenes of the park. Um, between the parks because all the Disney parks are actually pretty close to each other, like from a distance standpoint. Um, and so um, you're running through the park; it's it's super cool. Like, and then they've got yeah. uh, it's it's one of those where I tell people, um, you, you're you're typically not running for a PR, right? You're typically running <laughs> just to just to to run to enjoy it, you know, to go through the experience, and and you know, in some cases, it's just to finish. Um, they they have a timing where you have to be faster than 16 minute mile. Like that's their only requirement, and I'm like 16 minute miles. That's just a nice walk, right? Yeah, I can, yeah, you know, like I can
0: I, almost walk 16 minutes if I really, if I really if try. Really, if you
1: really wanted to, I give effort. Um, but, yeah, but it's, it's they're cool. I would totally recommend them. Like I'm, I'm doing the half, and then I'm doing the full in January. But they they announce like uh, six months out, I think roughly, and so they usually sell out within minutes. Um, you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, gonna,
3: I'm gonna, try. I did. We went to Disneyland Paris with the family, and I was, tra- yeah, I was mm-hmm. training for London. Um, yeah it was a couple of weeks out and then i was like i managed to do a run i had a long run i was like can i do a long run at disney i got 21 miles to do and i was like oh uh yeah i'll just go run out in the french wilderness and then i realized it was 4:30 in the morning i was like oh it's pitch black and i don't know where i am so (laughs) again i'll just try i'll just try and run around the lake maybe i could do 21 laps of the lake and then the lake (laughs) was like half a mile wide and i was like i'm gonna need some more space so then i was like Creeping into add the a, add a little yeah add something to it. And then I, I spoke to a security guard who spoke, spoke no English. He was like, in French. And I was like, right, he's like, oh, wee 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 So then I ran around and then yeah, I yeah. slowly crept to the entrance of the park and I managed twenty-one miles around the whole of the outside <laughs> of that's well, of D- Disney Village, all the hotels across the park. There was right. no one around at all. And then seven forty in the morning. Um, so it was pitch black. Then the sun rose up and that was it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, people started coming alive. And right. Then, yeah, I did 21 miles, got back to the hotel room, and the family was still asleep. And
0: so- then walked 21 miles throughout Disney that afternoon. <laughs> and then I did a day at Disney. Right, and then a day at right. yeah. the park, which is easily,
1: you know, easily over that. But, yeah. yeah. No, it's, no, it's I, a lot. i gotta
3: do, I got to do a marathon at Disney. That would be so cool.
1: Yeah, they're super fun. That's they're, um, I think they're getting ready to start selling. Um, the one that I haven't done yet that I want to is there's a Star Wars run. Or used to be in in May, um, and I think it gets ready to go on sale probably around Christmas time if I'm right. Um 100%. But that's always a fun, you know. That's a fun run because and they do can dress up. You you can dress up on any of these Disney marathons. Right. You can dress up anything you want to. Um, I, I don't. I think running in a Jedi cloak might be difficult, but you know,
0: better than a stormtrooper outfit. Better than a stormtrooper
1: outfit, 100. You know, but yeah. So there's a they're they're a lot of fun though. i I've always enjoyed them because you get, get to the see.
0: Best- the best one probably for you and for anyone is, is princess Leah with in the job of the hut cage cave. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's breathable, lots of room to move. He's easy, easy to run in. Maybe I don't know. Easy to run in. Maybe the skirt yeah. catches your legs a little but you know? Yeah. You, I mean, some of the,
1: some of the costumes that you see, people go, all out you know for some of the um you know some of the different things that they wear you know to go run in and and it's just again because most people aren't doing it it's not like running you know boston or london where you you're you're genuinely trying to get a good time it's just a fun it's just a fun experience it's, and it's really it's more about that than it is the you know the timing aspect anyway right. i need to jump to the next i'm going to wrap
0: up thank you brian so much for joining us com and um, it's it's free with if you have what 150 Teams phone licenses, or if you're into mm-hmm. other technologies like Intune, Azure, there is stuff for all of that. Yep. Um, thanks, everyone, cool and see you in two weeks. Yep. Thanks, all. Thank okay. you.